the right place So take a step back before I get all up in your face I know you got to live, you know I got mine But there's like 50 yeah. other dudes holding on the phone line Your voice will be heard, sir Next caller, please And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree We're talking fantasies, sports, and politics We know that. Yeah, I'm gonna be kicking and screaming at you a little bit, but it's not about you and me today. It's not about no, it's you not. and me today. Uh, we have a very, very special guest on the Absolutely. line, and yep. um, I'm gonna bring her in. But first, before I bring her in, um, because it ties into the subject matter, I want to acknowledge the fact that the world just lost one of the greatest. One of the greatest. He is the goat. Greatest of all times, uh, Muhammad Ali. He lived to be 74 years old. Um, he dealt with a lot in his life, and I believe he was one of the pioneers of uh, boxing and the way the world it has been shaped and, and thought about in, for different people. Uh, anything you want to say about that before we get to our guest? Uh. You know, I, I respected this man greatly. He did, he put up with a lot, uh, dealt with a lot on so many different levels, um, and confronted the man when it needed to be confronted at the time, not at the at the at the right time. So, um, I got a lot of mad respect for him, and God bless his soul, and he's in a better place right now. That's correct. Cassius Clay, better known as Muhammad Ali, passed away at the age of seventy-four, but it's. I don't know if it's fortunate that we have someone that was so close uh, on today, but it's ironic. Very ironic. It's ironic. Exactly. You know, Deborah King, daughter of fame, boxing promoter Don King, appears on the program today. She's going to discuss her growing organization, Limitless Life Recovery. Uh, she's joining us today to give us a glimpse into what it, is, it was like to have an addiction how to, she fought through her own addiction and out and uh, created this organization designed for life coaching, recovery of alcoholics, uh, uh, drugs, and things of that nature. Ms. King has this philanthropic, you know, I can't pronounce every word, I try to, philanthropic <laughs> opportunities uh, that she's going to talk about as she, as she, you know what I'm saying? She carries the king name to the next level and keeps that legacy going. So without further ado, I want to bring to you, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Deborah King. Well, hello, Jim. Yes, yes, yes. Thank yes. you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I almost didn't know who I was. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> 
All right. We know who you are. (laughs) Ms. King, um, again, it's wonderful to have you on the program, Fantasy Sports and Politics Saturday edition with myself and Jerry. Um, Before we went live, we were talking about uh, the passing of of, uh, Mr. Ali, and uh, you told me your dad's been on air since 2 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, giving interviews as well as yourself. Uh, But you, you said something that got me. You've known this man since four years old, and he had a part to play in your life. Did you? Would you mind sharing a little bit of that with us? I would love to. You know, he he's been a, a very instrumental part of my life. Um, from four years old, I can remember being in our living room, him and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who at that time was uh, Lou Alcindor. Right. And I was the poster girl for an event that they were going to do. And so we started to enjoy life, but to do what I said I was going to do. He let you know that you could do anything or be anything you wanted to be. You just had to put your mind to it, put your best foot forward. And he has a quote that says, the best way to make your dreams come true is to just wake up. <laughs> wow! Whoa, yeah. hey. That is a very good <laughs> quote, and it's actually true. Wow! Yeah. Because if, if a person can dream all day, but I see you put it in action when you wake up, it doesn't. It's all nothing but a dream. That, that, that's that's deep. Absolutely. I'm, so one of my my slogans: I tell you to dream while you're awake. Actually, of what you've been thinking about. Mm. You know, mm. it allows your imagination to expand beyond the the outer limits. You know, you're not confined. As long as you're awake, wake up, world. Wake up. Um, I personally, I believe that, um, and let me, I'm going to put this out there because you might not know, but people that listen to the program, they know. I love mixed martial arts, and I believe that boxers of today could not hold a candle to boxers of Ali's era. Um, so don't yell at me. Don't get mad at me. Because <laughs> Jerry, Jerry is of that ilk. He's of that era, you know, of your dad, Sonny Liston. I mean, not your dad. Well, yeah, your dad promoted these guys, but, like, Sonny Liston and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. to me – Boxing has, you know, de-evolved from the days of when your dad was promoting and stuff like that. So before we get into any other venture, talk to us about how um, you've learned from your dad as a promoter, as a leader, as a business person, in shaping the way uh, things are seen in this world. Well, you know, um, what I've learned from him is that you got to be tenacious in whatever you do, you know, and you got to go out and be the best at what you do. So you have to say what you mean and mean what you say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, boxing of the old days, it was 15 rounds. Now you cut down heavyweight title fights or title fights, period, to 12 rounds. 
but the training has become different. You know, back when I was growing up watching the trainers and the fighters train out in our yard, you you were out there actually cutting the tree. That's what I used to see Muhammad Ali do. He would have that ax, and they're chopping the trees, or they're flipping over the big tires. They're doing the right type of thing. Or a treadmill. You know, you did actual work. And it made you appreciate your opportunities, in my mind, a little bit better because I would, you would look at that opponent as you are what has kept me in a training camp for two months, kept me away from my wife, my children, everything <laughs> else in life I wanted to enjoy. Right. I had to prepare myself mentally as well as physically to take you on as my combatant. And in doing that, that's how martial artists of the Jim Kellys and the Bruce Lees had to train. You know, I yes. believe that boxing is a art form and it's a skill. It takes a lot of skill to hit somebody and not get hit back. So to Uh-oh. me, in my mind, it's not a sport. It's art. It's art. You know, that just happens to fall under the the auspices of being a sport. But that takes skill. Yes. Now, see, you said something that's going to make me and you fight a little bit. I'm gonna oh, my boy, here we go. Here we go. He, well, Jerry knows where I'm going with this. Oh, boy. The one, you, you, you just had a quote about boxing uh, as far as it's an art about not getting hit. And the person that... As soon as that, you said that came to mind was Floyd Mayweather. And mm-hmm. he – now, Jerry has compared the braggadocious behavior of Floyd to Muhammad. And I'm like, no, no. The art, maybe, but not, you know, the, the mouth and, and the antics. You know, boxing – I'm going to tell you, watching Muhammad – and 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 seeing how he fought, it was more for me. He talked it, he fought, and he boxed. <laughs> so when he did Frazier, when he did Foreman, when he did all those other cats, yeah, he talked a good game. Don taught him well. Don said, "Okay, let's do it." He uh, thrilling Manila, all that good stuff. But he went out there, he did the rope a dope, took that pound, and then just finished. Him. I'm just saying, that's just me. I'm not going to – I don't want to argue, Deborah. I don't want to argue. <laughs> Come on, what's on. the question? Yes, exactly. All right. So here we go. Last question on boxing before we jump into limitless life. Um, what are your thoughts on people like Floyd and boxers of today? Because your dad is – you know, we've had new promoters – come out and just take over the game as your dad has stepped in the background. What are your thoughts on it, though? My thoughts. Well, you know, there'll never be another Ali. Nope. I think Floyd is is a great boxer, but he uh, emulated himself or patterned himself off of the greats that came before him. He didn't just do that on his own. I think Homage should be paid where it's due. 
You know, I'm not saying that he is any less athlete, any less capable, but they were the icons, the Ali's, the Sonny Listons, the Joe Lewis's. They went through the struggle to make it where a Floyd Mayweather can shine today. I feel that there should be a, a level of respect and paid the way, you know, and, and, and that's in any walk of life. We should pay homage to those who sacrifice life for us to be able to vote today to have a President Obama. We are yes. Get there. So give that respect where respect is due. Wisdom comes with age and knowledge. Now they are the tutors of your craft. Learn from it, respect it, and always be, you might have a better record than them, but are you as good as them? I got to go with the old dude. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, Jerry, don't say that now. Don't say that now. Because we, we, I said I wasn't going to argue with you. Thank you. Let's move on. Thank you. All right. Okay. So Deborah's here today to talk about uh, an organization that she began due to her uh, life experiences. And we were off air again talking about something that I was like, are you crazy? The school did that? But we're not going to talk about that unless she brings it up. But limitless life recovery is, is something that you put your heart, time, money, and energy into to uh, take the King legacy to a new level. Tell the people listening right now how and why you began Limitless Life Recovery. Uh, I began Limitless Life Recovery because I survived. I recognized that I needed to be able to struggle and afflictions that I had that may not think there's a way out. But I'm a living, breathing example that recovery does happen. So it's just my way of saving your life by offering you mine as the example. Mm. So when we talk about the change that you had to make. Uh, do you mind sharing with the folks some of the things you experienced as a youth growing up that caused you to spiral into uh, into that existence where you had to pull yourself out? And uh, because nowadays kids kids they're doing anything and everything to get attention, and they don't realize the ramifications ten twenty years down the line of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So. Please share a little bit. Well, you know, addiction has many faces. And addiction doesn't always have to be the drink or the drug. You can get addicted to the lifestyle. Mine was the lifestyle that in the lifestyle came the drink and the drug. You know, so I was one of those that during my day, thing to do and 
you did that at those upscale parties and outings. And when, you know, in my mind, it was nothing I paid for. I came out of that lie to myself and recognized that life was becoming unmanageable. I needed to do something about it. And I had a wonderful mother by the door with all my heart. And, you know, she was going through some trials and tribulations and illnesses. But in the midst of that, she wanted to pray for me. And that's when you recognize it's not just about you. And that's what the world in the addiction people don't understand a lot of times when you're out there in the middle of it. I'm not hurting nobody but myself. You're hurting everybody. Your family goes through it with you. And you don't realize that when it's happening. You know, addiction is one of the most selfish things you can do, but also on the flip side, in recovery, you need to be selfish. And let me explain that by saying when you're in recovery, you got to close out all the external distractions and make it about you. You have to decide that you are sick and tired of being sick and tired and understand that you are willing to do whatever it takes to save whatever it takes to do that next right thing, whatever it takes to wake up and say, what can I do for my recovery today? Because your word no longer means anything. You have to prove yourself and overcome through your actions because true success is when you don't have to tell nobody you're successful. Every day you see you alive, they know you made it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jerry, you got a follow-up uh, before I go to the next question? Um, keep keep on going because uh, you're doing well right now. Just keep on going. I, I, I got, I'll got. i jump in when I can. Thank you, Godfather. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a problem. Not, not a problem. <laughs> um, okay. So I heard in what you just said, Deborah, was a lot of passion and um you said something again that struck a chord. Somebody prayed for you. Now we don't normally, yeah, we don't normally get into religion on here unless it's a big topic. But that's a big deal. You know, some people, some people don't see the uh, the 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 willingness or need for a higher calling to accept them or to have faith. In them and believe in them Use for whatever reason You hit that rock bottom You came up Someone prayed for you Loved you enough to say I'm going to let you get there But when you do get there I'm going to be there for you to bring you back up So when we talk about these addictions And we talk about issues that are going on I take it That uh, you're, You're stepping out of the light with these initiatives, uh, especially as it relates to drug reform, veterans, and the like, uh, for your wellness centers, the the end game for you with your wellness centers is to do what? What is the end game with that? The end game is to create the Henrietta King Wellness Center. I want to memorialize my mother because, oh. you know, with her and my dad, they gave me the 
tenacity, the dedication, determination, and the drive to not quit. So with him still standing by me, what better way to honor my mother than for her to be the guardian angel to watch watch over everyone who steps in there and ask for help, you know? And I won't be that one. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. That's Listen, the, the family, a lot of us, and again, I grew up in the 80s. I'm a child of the 70s, grew up in the 80s, though, where the family structure, especially in the black household, was not that strong. So we looked elsewhere for, you know, I guess leadership, mentorship, and stuff like that. But as you just said, your mother and your father were there. They're your pillars. They're the ones that hold you up. Um, it, it's amazing how you just talked about what you want to do to memorialize your mom. Um, I'm of the of the sense that uh, there's no better way to honor somebody than to do stuff for them and, and in their name that's positive and giving back to the community. I believe it's a, a very strong foundation because then your passion your passion for it becomes what drives the energy into it. Um, I, I just wanted to say that comment. I thought that was that was really uh, nice and stuff like that. What and why should a client come to you guys and uh, request help? Why why would they want to come to you? Because you know I I tell people to come to me because I'm gonna keep it 100 with. You know, yes, I have the educational background to quote you a theory and tell you how it affects your brain and why, you know, you need to stop this, that, or the other. But I can tell you, I lived it. But I can survive, and you can too. That's what's so important. You know, you, you get all the the educational information, and you give that to somebody, and they could read it, and they could tell you, yes, you know, your chances of recovery is one in five versus sitting there looking at me and saying, I'm that one in the five. They can see me, touch me, you know, hear me. It's real. In addiction, you got to know something is real. It's hard for me to respect your opinion if you never walked in my shoes. So okay. I'm telling you, it's, it's not a game. It's not easy, but it is doable. And I will help you get there if you let me. Oh, sound like T.D. Jakes for a second. <laughs> I, uh... You know, <laughs> thoughts on on that too you know i'm i'm i got a strong spirituality you know and i know this is not a show about religion but i feel compelled to say one thing you need to believe in something exactly you need now, a foundation I just happen to, huh you need a foundation i understand i understand you got to have there. a foundation and mm-hmm. and mine just so happens to be god yours could right. be a tree it could be a rock. It could be a stream. But right. you know it's something out there. If you ever go to the ocean 
and watch a wave come in. Can you stand there and stop that wave with your hand? No. You know it's something. Responsible for these things that happen in life. You know, religion is for people that don't want to go to hell. Spirituality is for those of us who've already been there. Okay. All right. All right. I I, I got I got something here. I, I got four things that uh, it, it seems like that you you deal with in uh, recovery coaching, motivational coaching, spiritual wellness, and career coaching. Can you talk a little bit about each uh, four of those? Okay. Well, um, in career coaching, you know, then what I do is help guide you to do what you want to do. You know, everybody needs somebody to be their cheerleader. You want to have somebody that believes in you to make you want to believe in yourself because it's all about you. I just want you to be the best you that you can be. As far as addictions, it's, now that's hard, and, and I'll be the first to tell you it's not easy because if it was easy, we wouldn't have all these still active addicts in the world. Everybody can't do this. We lose so many, up to 350 every day. Wow. You don't get a do-over. You don't hear the director holler cut, and you get up and go get a paycheck. You know, they go to the cemetery. We lose too many, too young, too often. Spirituality coaching, you got to have faith in something. I have faith. You know, and on those dark days, you might not know how you're going to get there, but i just got to believe that it will get better. Mm. Mm. You're preaching right now. Don't stop. Well, 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 let me ask you something. When, when you, uh, you are in a, a select group of people, um, uh, celebrities, uh, executives, and, and um, uh, athletes, star athletes or whatever, uh, I'm pretty sure you're well-versed in who you can see that is uh, maybe having an issue. Uh, do you go about – how do you go about if you go about approaching someone to see if they need any help? Or, or do you just back off and, and basically wait for them to come to you? How do you go about doing that? Well, you know, I, I, um, I battle with that decision often. You know, do I try to call them? Do I, you know, uh, send them an email, a Twitter, whatever? I hope that they'll see me out there enough. And I'll keep pushing the message enough that they'll they'll call me because I can't want it for you more than you want it for yourself. You know, and this is truly an individual decision. You can't do this for mommy, daddy, husband, wife, children, grandchildren. This is something you have to do all by yourself. And that's a scary feeling. It is. It's very scary. Mm. It's you, very well, scary. Go ahead, Deborah. 
here's what I wanted to get, uh, do because I got to take a break. I got to let Deborah get something to drink and, and relax her mind a little bit as we get to the second half of the interview. Um, I'll, again, one, thank you for coming on. We're going to take a, a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have a few more questions. We're going to open up the phone lines. Are you prepared for the calls, Deborah? Are you prepared for the calls? I'm prepared. All I can be is all myself. Right. That's all you can be. You're right. That's right. So mm-hmm. when we come back, we have a few more questions for Deborah, and we're going to open the phone lines. If you want to get your question in, very simply, dial 347-637-3220. Again, 347-637-3220 to ask Deborah King, the reigning king, about limitless life recovery and maybe some other things. If you can't call in, very simply go to our uh, page, which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. Go to the chat room, post your question, and we'll ask it for you. Stick around. Many, many, many things. We already got one question for you in the the chat room, Deborah. Already got one. Uh, Many, many things to come. We'll be back in a few seconds. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts. Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. And listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. All right, we're back. That was a quick uh, plug for us. Had to put it in there. Uh, we're on the line today with the one and only Deborah King, daughter of Don King, but more importantly, leader and developer of Limitless Life Recovery, an organization designed to help people fight all sorts of addiction. And uh, right out the bat, in our chat room from uh, Floater Box, we have a question for you, Ms. King. How accessible is your services? I am a concierge therapist. I come to you. Oh, what? <laughs> yes, I want. I wanted to be be different, and you know, I I do understand the executives, the athletes, and and things of that nature. And a lot right. of times, you may not be able to go to traditional rehab. I create a program, and I come to you, and I may live with you from thirty to ninety days. Whatever it takes to save your life, I'm willing to do. Wow. Okay. In that in that in that vein, how do they contact you? Is it, what ways do they contact you? Um, uh, the general public, let me put it that way, contact you. Well, you know, you can go to my website, which is www.limitlessliferecovery.com. There's ways that you can email me at limitlessliferecovery at gmail.com. Um, you can go on my Limitless Life Facebook, Twitter, 
If you want to find me, you can find me. And my phone number is 561-502-2486, open 24-7. She done gave out her real number. I wasn't expecting Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Oh, I'm real like that. Got to keep it 100. You're not going to get no answering machine when you call me. Come on, man. You got to know that the kings are kings are 100. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I'm feeling that. As long as you ain't got your head sticking up in the air, you good. But, you know, good Lord. I got golden locks, let me tell you. Yes, ma'am. The golden locks. Okay. So we got we got that question from our, our Facebook page. No, excuse me, not our Facebook page, our uh, chat room. Um, so hopefully our, our person in there, uh, Floater Bot, has their answer. Looking for that one-on-one encouragement. That's amazing. Uh, now let me get back to a couple of questions um, that we have for you here. You mentioned celebrities and things of that nature. So Dr. Ah, Steven Tyler, and all these other persons are in your corner for Limitless Life Recovery. Where do you see your services being of most help, like the inner cities, rehab facilities, schools? Where? Where do you see the most impact coming with your organization? I think it's a combination of all of that. You know, I would love to take it to the schools because really I want to prevent this uh, atrocity from happening because I really want to be the last phone call you have to make. You know, call me to catch it early and prevent it from going further, not when it's, you know, it's bad, you know. And, and, and most people would disagree with me. You know, you're turning away business, this, that, and the third. But if I can successfully keep you from having to go through everything I went through, that's reward in itself. And you're going to tell that next person who might be toying with that idea of the intrigue of that drink or drug to call me before they pick it up. And I can say that that's not where you want to go. You know, I'm not trying to tell people don't live your life, don't have a good time. Drink responsibly. If you do partake in a recreational drug, be mindful that that drug is a beast. Respect it and don't abuse it because when you do, pick up the phone and call me. It's mm. going to happen. It's going to happen. Y'all heard it. It's going to happen. Mm. At some point, huh? Now, yeah. now we're going to shift gears just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, because I did a little research on you. How does somebody with a criminal justice degree and a minor in forensic science, CIS, y'all, she's CIS, she's crime investigation scene stuff, become a health and wellness uh, leader and organizer? How does that happen? You become a drug addict. Okay. I need to what I'm doing. I mean, I can't make it no clearer than that. I wanted to be Marcus Welby. I loved Marcus Welby, you know, and (laughs) and then I want I love Quincy. So I said, let's be the best of both of those. You know, I could be the medicine and do the you know the stuff like Quincy and learn about the bodies 
then you had to be able in forensics to recreate the crime scene. So I like crime dramas and all that. So I said, well, I can incorporate everything I like to do in one profession. So I did the law. I wanted to be a lawyer, and I wanted to be a doctor, and I liked the forensic science. So I incorporated all that, and then I found cocaine. And it changed my whole pattern of thinking because I was in that sports and entertainment limelight world where that was just what it was for me. And I altered my own goals and dreams because it got diluted and distorted from a mood-altering substance. So once I got my clarity back. I said, God saved me for a reason. I got to go help somebody else. So in doing all that, I went back to mental health because I know behind every addiction is a core issue that makes you want to numb the pain, mask the pain, or just disappear. So I had to go learn about that. Now that I learned about that, I said, I got to go back and help. Now that I've done that, I re-entered the school arena to go to law school to be the icing on the cake. And when I my time, I didn't legally what to do to. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, you, you're a living testimony. You really are. You never stop learning. You never stop learning. I mean, that, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, education uh, is the only thing learn as much as you can. But keeping that education to yourself is is terrible. You got to spread the wealth. Yes, yes. That because people might be money rich, but when they don't have knowledge, how rich are they? Because they don't know what they're doing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, sorry, um, didn't mean to drop that bomb. Um, I got to say <laughs> that uh, just because you, you, you got money don't make you smart. Or it just makes you fortunate. So um, anyway, uh, I have uh, something I, I saw here that uh, you just recently became the president of the National African-American Drug Policy Coalition. Talk to me a little bit about that. I have the spokesperson, not the president. I am the spokesperson for that. I'm sorry, and, spokesman. Right, I'm sorry. Yes, and, and that organization champions, you know, trying to do preventive things for the law as well as drug policy and trying to educate the youth to keep them from this path. You know, a lot of times we make a mistake, and that mistake will haunt us the rest of our life, you know. So we champion drug court as an alternative to incarceration. Once again, let me raise my hand because I was a participant in drug court. So I know it from both sides, being an advocate for it and being a participant in it, you know. And that was a hell of a year. You got a lot of requirements. But you have that benefit of not being a felon. 
So we want to be able to further encourage we want to come up with drug policy that will help and benefit those who have been uh, afflicted with um, an addiction or a criminal background and champion second chances. You know, second chances shouldn't just be an idea. It should be a principle. Say what you mean, mean what you say. You know, you tell me you want me to reinvent myself and become a contributing member of society, but when I go to apply to go to school, you tell me I can't get accepted. Why? Why should education be a condition? It should Okay. On that vein, um, when, when, Jerry, Jerry, I got to jump in real quick yeah. because you just said something that a caller has has you know, a question about. Um, okay. And India is on, on the line, Ms. King. She just called in, and she wants to know. I'll let her ask her question of you, but it, it's on those on those lines of, of questioning. India, welcome to the show. You, you have the ear of Ms. King. Hi, Mrs. King. This is India. Um, and I'm calling because I have a question about second chances. Um, you kind of answered it just now, but um, how can a person get through life after addiction without the government really giving them second chances? And I wanted to know more of your opinion on that. Uh, I feel that we have to lift our voices collectively to demand that second chance opportunity. Nobody is going to give us anything, but if we advocate for something strong enough and collectively, we can get that chance. So, therefore, the ones that do have to stand this would be the important I'm trying to do to show the government. It is a need for this because people do really want to change. They want to better their life and situations, but they want to be given the opportunity to do so. I want to get a job, but, you know, if you don't move that, check that box. You can't get one because of your prior record. You know, addiction Mm. is what we did. It's not who we are. So we need that chance. Mm. Thank you so much, Mrs. King. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, India. Uh, you can stay on the line. I'll mute you. If you have another question, simply press 1, and uh, we'll bring you back up. So uh, thank you for Great. the call. Now, on that, and I know Jerry had a follow-up, but hopefully this is going to help with that. You're, you're one of these people that have, as Jerry said, influence. Have you approached Congress or the Senate or some large governing governing body with the methods of recovery and reform your organization has developed in order to gain national support. Have you taken that route yet? Not yet, but it's coming. It's coming. You know, I'm like the, the little engine that could. I'm chugging up the track right now, putting all the pieces of the puzzle together to deliver that very message. There we go. All right, Jerry. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to chop your head off like Game of Thrones. Let's go. No, you didn't. I, but uh, I, I, this may be, a, I don't I'll say a loaded question, but it's a question I, 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 that came to mind. Um, we have a lot of um, minor offenses 
drug offenses of um, our brothers and sisters um, being incarcerated. Um, and quite naturally, once you're in get incarcerated, and a lot of them have to deal with um, possibly mental and drug uh, illnesses. Uh, have you reached out to any of the um, uh, criminal organizations, not criminal organizations, but the law enforcement organizations or, or the prison systems to try to um, help in any way in, in uh, um, stopping the steady flow of uh, tenants in the uh, criminal, justice, criminal justice system? I'm working on that as well. You know, it's, it's a lot of particulars, I's dotted and T's crossed before I can really get in there and say what I need to say. So I'm going through the proper channels, and it's a process. But believe me, I'm going to get the word out there. You know, because mental illness should not be a crime. Right. And because you don't know what to do with me doesn't mean that gives you permission to lock me up. Right. You know, if you go back in history, anybody they didn't know what to do with, they used to put them in what they call sanitary. You know, yeah. locking you away because out of sight, out of mind, they don't know what to do with people, so they lock them away. That's not helping. That's not trying to, you know, fix the problem of the situations at hand, that's trying to dismiss the problem. I won't be dismissed. Okay. Don't be dismissed. Don't be. You know, so I I, I want to be that voice and fight for those who are not capable of fighting for themselves. That's what I'm talking about. Listen. Ms. King, I know you have many, many uh, calls about the death of, of Mohammed today. We don't want to keep you too much longer unless you want to stay. Um, but just a couple more questions, and uh, we're going to open the floor up to you to say whatever it is you need to say. Um, now, how? I'm going to take you back a little bit. How often have you had to fight for your own recovery? Um, whether it be falling back into or just feeling that things need, aren't getting better, how many times have you had to put those boxing gloves on and fight your own demons to, to get where you are today? I fight every day. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has another high in them, but everybody doesn't have another recovery. It's hard mm-hmm. to get it. Because I will not let anything or anyone jeopardize my recovery. That's friends, families, loved ones, no one. That's where I come back on saying you got to be something. Right. This is the fight of my life. You see what I'm saying? I look at addiction like cancer. Being an advocate, being in meetings, doing doing something for service, those are all my chemotherapy treatments to keep it in remission. It's never going to go away. And if I test it and keep reaching my hand over there while it's on that leash, one of them times it's going to bite me. 
So I got to know to keep those healthy boundaries. So I got to be prepared to fight every day. And as well as I'll fight for myself, I'll fight for you. Well, I mean, if if I gotta make room for you at my house for thirty nine days, you better be fighting for me. I gotta feed you, clothe you, bathe you. You better put them gloves on. Well, absolutely, because I'm gonna make you think about all things that are a necessity. When you in active addiction, don't none of that make a difference? A food. Food or the drug is going to take the drug. Drug. Being at home with your family or out in the street, you're going to take the street. Trust and believe all the little things that you mentioned that are life necessities, you take for granted. So appreciate all that stuff because most people don't realize that's what normal people do every day. But when you, yes. when that beast is on your back, you don't think like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like them chains, break them chains. Break them Absolutely. chains. Absolutely. Take it to the king. Jerry. Oh yes. Uh, Jerry, you have another question for Miss King before I, I uh, end end with my questioning. Yeah, you know I, I'm going to keep it on a lighter note. Um, not that we haven't been. Um, how's your father doing, and what's he been up to? My father is 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 good. Um, he's never stopped working. Always a champion for the people, and now he is speaking fondly of our fallen soldier Muhammad Ali. You know, okay. Muhammad Ali was was so instrumental in my life, and he's who mm-hmm. got my father into the sport of boxing and being a promoter. So yeah, I know it's near and dear to him, and and I'm sure he's hurt because I know I'm very sad. It's like losing a member of my family. And mm-hmm. and so I take care of himself, you know. Ali made it to seventy four years old, God rest his soul, and he had to battle a lot of illness and afflictions. You know, my dad is five years old and God willing I'll keep him for a lot more years. Right. You know, but it makes me see how precious every day with my dad is when we watch somebody else close to us that we love pass away. Mm. Well, you know, uh, he says only in America. I'm in South Korea, so it's in South Korea too. <laughs> so we got to revive that slogan. <laughs> yes, you know. But we both have rose a from the ashes phoenix you know he's a survivor to overcome i could be none left because i am his daughter right there you go the phoenix will rise in all its glory and beauty i i feel you i feel you now you have a slogan for uh limitless life recovery um what is that slogan and what does it mean my slogan is it takes a life to save a life and what it means to me is I'm offering you all the passion, love, knowledge, and dedication that I possess in an attempt to save your life. So it takes a life to save a life, so I'll start by offering you mine. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I can can definitely hear hear the passion in what she's she's saying. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, Now, 
I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot, Miss King. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But I am going to mention one thing, ladies and gentlemen. There's something I'm involved in. It's called Project 10 Kids, and it's by Body by Vi. And uh, I'm going to put a challenge out to anybody and everybody out there listening because Miss King has been talking about, you know, people in recovery, people fighting addictions, people doing all types of things. I'm challenging everybody out there that's listening to this program. You have kids. And, and and maybe you can talk about this too, Ms. King. There are people in this country that dogged out our current first lady for wanting to change the foods and the habits of our schools, saying, why is she trying to give them healthier food? Why is she trying to do this, that, and the third? Well, I'm a part of a group, Body by Vi. It's called Project 10. So for every 10 pounds a kid loses, when somebody accepts the challenge, we give 90 healthy meals to that kid. So I want to challenge everybody out there to to accept this challenge. Just go to vicak.project10kids.com. Sign up for the challenge. Do it. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight myself. You know, I used to be very slim and sexy, but now I'm just sexy, and I got to get back to the slim. <laughs> Well, you know, that is a great cause because what you just said, pardon the pun, is a mouthful because food is an addiction too, folks. Yes. And as a drug does, you know, because you have people who overeat, then you have severe obesity, and those who starve themselves through anorexia and bulimia you know, to try to get thin. That's an addiction. That's an illness. And if we can encourage kids to eat healthy, I applaud Michelle Obama. We need to put healthy stuff in schools and everywhere else because you are a product of mind, body, and soul. You know, so you have to have a healthy mind, healthy body, and healthy spirit in order to embark on this journey of recovery. And what you're doing with these children is phenomenal because the United States has the highest obesity rate of any country. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to fight my McDonald's addiction. I was jonesing for some sugar the other night. My wife looked at me and said, body by vice, dick, body by vice. And I was like, I need me yeah. some sugar. I need me some sugar. I feel that addiction. <laughs> I mean, it's no different than nicotine. It's no different than heroin. It's, not. it's no different than anything else. You know, so. Woo-wee. I have it. All right. I love sugar. You know, I do. I do. I just don't want the diabetes. I don't want the diabetes. I can't deal with that. Mm-mm. Brother can't deal with that. But mm-hmm. enough of me. Enough about me and my and my ideas. We'll talk later about that. I hope, Miss King, and uh, I, I yes, thank you again. Uh, before we let you go, because you got many things to do, is there anything you want to share with the people that are listening right now that you have not already talked about? All I can say to the people is is be the best that you can be. Do not settle. I would say that uh, reach for the stars, settle for the clouds, and may your feet never touch the ground. 
and can you also give out uh, your the way that they can contact you again before you leave? Okay, you can go to Limitless Life Recovery on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, you can go to my website, uh, LimitlessLifeRecovery.com. You can reach me at 561-502-2486. You can contact After Six Media. We're out there, folks. Sure, sure. And your telephone Maybe. number again? And your telephone yeah. number again? 561 502-2486. And I'll validate that, y'all, because I'm looking at it right now. It's real. It's real and feel. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to thank you again, Ms. King, for coming on. You are more than welcome to appear whenever Absolutely. you want. Uh, Absolutely. We, we have an open-door policy here. Uh, you call in and just want to talk about whatever, we got that. If you have a topic you want to talk about, Come to us. We'll make time for you on one of our three programs, and uh, we're we're here. My dog is snoring like crazy right now. He needs some limited life recovery <laughs> before my wife kicks him out. Uh, but thank you so very much. We got to give you a hand yeah. clap for that. Well, thank you for having me. It, it has been a pleasure. And, uh, I appreciate you, gentlemen. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, you do the same. Again, ladies and gentlemen, right. Limitless Life Recovery, Deborah King, CEO, founder, everything. She's going out there to help people fight their addictions, no matter what it is, where it is. Just have a little room for her. She's going to be there. She's coming <laughs> to move in. Put the satellite up because she's a like TV, and she's going to help you get there. She's going to help you get there. Again, thank you, Ms. King. We will talk to you. Well, thank uh, you for having day. me, and you all have a wonderful rest of your afternoon and morning to you. You too. I'm going to bed all at 3 a.m. Bye-bye. Okay, goodbye, gentlemen. Right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we just spoke with uh, Ms. Deborah King uh, from Limitless Life Recovery, the daughter of Don King. But more importantly, she's putting out her own path, blazing her own path for uh, the the king name. Let's get a little feedback real quick. JT, uh, your thoughts on what we just heard from Miss King? Uh, very passionate, and in, 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 uh, she's she's lived a life, so it's nothing that you can't uh, uh, say to her that she hasn't has an experience. She's lived a life. So when she's dealing with somebody that's whether a star athlete, an executive, celebrity, or just a general person from the street, um, it's not too much that she hasn't seen because she's lived the life, actually lived the life, and yes. hit rock bottom enough in for hit rock bottom enough for her to um, pull pull herself up with help. Um, everyone all everyone else always needs help. And uh, realizes this is what her um, her pro- her focus in life should be is to help others that have gone through what she's gone through. So I, I have to applaud her. Um, it's not easy dealing with uh, a family member or someone that you know has got a serious um, drug problem or a mental illness problem. Uh, and she's right about that. It affects the whole family. 
not just the person that, that is addicted. Everyone in the family is affected by what's going on with an individual that has a mental illness or a, some type of drug addiction. That's right. You know, it's not, it's not limited to just a person. You know, family, friends, associates are all affected. Exactly. Um, and her organization has all has various forms of, of recovery. And you mentioned them. You had life coaching. You had uh, um, so many things that she can help you with. You know, I think That's it's, it's important that, that people understand, look, more, now more than ever, there are various vices that we all deal with. Whether and and I, I forgot to bring it up, or I wanted to, but I wasn't sure how to. I can recall when Kurt Franklin went on Oprah and said he had a porn addiction. You know, hey man, everybody got an addiction. Everybody's got an addiction, man. Um, I got it. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say everybody, but there's a lot of addictions out there. Let me put it that way. A lot of addictions out there. You know, so don't don't think of recovery just as a drug addict. Mm-hmm. There are so many different things that we get addicted to. And want, gossiping, like I mean, I I get it. It's not as severe as as drugs or alcohol or or, or kleptomania or whatever the case may be. But we, as as young men and women uh, living in this world and experience so many different things. Our bodies and our minds may or may not be able to handle what's going on. And I'm glad we talked so much about Ali because Ali, during his time, which is way different than our current time, or my current time, I ain't going to say diff- way different than yours, but way different <laughs> than my time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I had to throw that jab at you. Uh, yeah, I know you did. That's okay. He he stood up and took a stance against what he thought was wrong. You know, Cassius Clay changed the name Muhammad Ali, got arrested for being a conscientious objector, and and right. quote unquote. I saw this on Fox, and it kind of bugged me that one of the things they pointed out was that he was a draft dodger. Okay, you know what? He didn't dodge the draft. He actually went and served, but. Uh, Prior to that, he got stripped of his title. He uh, saw what was going on and didn't agree with what was going on. So he decided to make a change. You know? Against insurmountable odds. When you fight the federal government, uh, most people wouldn't have the, and I'll say it plain and simple, have the balls to go up against the federal government um, and, and, and stay steadfast. And not give in. And at that time, in uh, well, the, the time he got, I think sixty-eight, if I'm not mistaken, um, to go up against it and have to deal with the years that took it took from his career in order for him to be, um, I guess, in in, in essence, freed from uh, what the, they wanted to do from him, do to him, I should say. Uh, you got you got to be uh, one uh, strong individual mentally to deal with all the ridicule and and um, the the negative things that were thrown his way. 
Um, I mean, so you you got to give it up to the man. I mean, uh, because of the fact of uh, uh, all he had to deal with. So, mad respect for Ali when I when he was going through it, and all the years up until his his death uh, last night. Uh, got nothing but mad respect for him, man, because one hell of a person, and he changed the way uh, a lot of people viewed um, race. Now, one thing, I, one thing I want to talk about before we change subjects, mm-hmm. and it involves Ali, is this. He was an American who changed his belief and his name you know, to a Muslim name, mm-hmm. Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. And all these people that feel as though that Muslims are bad, or Muslims are this, Muslims are it's a belief and a faith. So I would venture to say, do these same people feel that way about Ali? You know, because... He didn't want to go fight in a war. He didn't want to um, uh, give in to the way people work. He openly spoke about the the treatment of black men or black people in this country. He fought the system. Was he one of those negative, bad, Muslim radicalists that people like to lump all Muslims into? No, he wasn't. But I guarantee you, just like I saw on Fox, they, they gave a, a backhanded compliment. They talked about the good stuff he did, but they also pointed out that he was a draft dodger and that he uh, changed his name. And all. I mean, listen, just, just celebrate the man and, and, and what he meant to America and the world. That's all you got to do. That's it. All the extras, you can keep that. Kick rocks. You know, if you if you gonna if you gonna put the man down while he's dead. You know, not even twenty four hours past his his passing. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but uh, I'm not gonna jump too much on that. Uh, I, I, again, I want to thank Deborah for coming on, Miss King, uh, for talking to us. About limitless life recovery We're going to try to help her Get uh, some clients Because just like India She called She called in You know I wasn't expecting uh, That call To happen You know somebody I think I'm, I don't know India might not have been A uh, a recovering addict or, or what have you But she actually called in And asked How can or how can somebody, you know, get get a job in a system that's designed to say, well, we'll help you get recovered, but we're not going to help you get a job. We're not going to help you go any further than that. You know, I don't know if she's speaking for herself or for somebody else, but I want to thank her. Also, want to thank uh, Floor Box, excuse me, Floater Box, for their question as to how accessible. Uh, is Miss King's services So I want to thank them both for doing that um, We have about 22 minutes left to live there uh, We're going to move on To a different subject matter 
But again, I really enjoyed that interview. Hopefully, you did too, JT. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. All right. Uh, you may have Miss King on sometime in July, I believe, July third or fifth or something like that, uh, to discuss uh, other issues that might come up and maybe go a little bit deeper into uh, limitless life recovery. We'll we'll see about that coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what's going on in the world of sports, JT? We've got uh, Muhammad passing. We've got Preakness uh, upset. We've got, you know, racing, baseball. Uh, you pick it. We'll talk about it. What do you want? Let's talk about the NBA Finals, man. How's that? Okay. Dub Nation in the house. Okay, I'll lead the conversation. How about that? So, Steph Curry and, you know, Clay Thomas have kind of bad days, but the bench of of the Golden State Warriors pulls them through. No excuse this time for Cleveland. Why? Because Kevin Love is healthy. Kyrie Irving is healthy. LeBron's healthy. J.R. Smith had a terrible shooting night. Um, I, I, I'm be honest with you, dude. I know it's only game one. I know it's only game one. But it kind of looked like they were outmatched. I'm talking about Cleveland. It looked like they were just totally outmatched in that one game. Outmatched. Yeah, man. I, I'm. I'm. So, you know. I, I said in in seven. I'm gonna have to revise that. I don't think it's gonna go past five. I'd be surprised if they win more than one more than one game. I give them one game. I'd be surprised. The bench, their bench beat their starters in that game. Their bench, Clay Thompson and Stephon Curry combined for only twenty points in that game. And they and the score was one hundred four eighty seven. A one whatever one hundred four eighty seven. I think the score was eighty nine. I'm sorry, eighty nine. Okay, okay, eighty nine, and they beat them by fifteen points with their bench, with their bench, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, um, um, Barbosa, 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 with their bench. Imagine how it would have been if Stephon Curry and Clay Thompson had their typical night. Rather than yeah. win by 15, they probably would have won by close to 30. See, Unbelievable. I think, I think because the game plan to me seems as though they were going to try to match Golden State. Because all postseason long, Cleveland has been shooting a bunch of threes. They've been hitting some of them, but they've been shooting a bunch of threes. Um, now, you may have to do that at some point, but I don't think that should be your focus going into no that way. game. If you no make way. Golden State play you physically, physically, I think you have an edge. Look what happened with OKC. Played them physically. Right? They, they put body on body, and mm-hmm. they, 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 they played them rough. Now, Cleveland can do that. Mozgov can do that because he can out-rebound uh, Festus Azili or, or Andrew Bogut. He can do that, but that's not the game plan. 
And don't get me wrong, I am not knocking Tyron, uh, Tyron Lue, not at all. But when you have people on the court that just want to jack up the ball from 10, 15 feet, as opposed to taking it in and taking a, a, a three-foot jumper or a three-foot layup, your game plan seems to be more of a perimeter game versus a physical game. And that plays directly into what Golden State does. Because as soon as you miss your shot, they're running. And when they're running, they're gunning. You know what I mean? Um, now, I don't believe that Cleveland's going to come out and have another game like they did this past uh, game. You know, Sunday, they're going to be able to uh, keep it more competitive, in my opinion. Will they win the game? I do not know. Um, but it's, it's, it's happening in, in California, and I can tell you, when Oracle Arena gets loud, it gets loud. And, and it's not even about, you know, what the other team's doing because the Warriors feed off of that energy. I lie to you not. I've seen it firsthand. I've experienced it firsthand. The energy that the crowd gives the Golden State Warriors and Steph, when they're making them buckets, you just know everything they throw up is going to make it. You, you, you just – you will the ball into the basket. Like like uh, Deborah said, can you go to the ocean and with your hands stop a wave from moving? The answer is no. But in Oracle Arena, when, when Steph sees that ball, you can will that ball into that bucket. I mean, yeah, I, at least that's what I feel about it. But um, well, well, let me put it this way. Um, that's the worst scoring game that both of them had the whole season oh yeah that's the whole season that, that's, that's, that is not going to happen again and they got beat I'm talking about Cleveland by 15 that's 5-3 so, so, so what I'm saying is this Cleveland is not a, a consistent um, three point shooting team that and if they think they're going to play the way that Golden State plays, they're sadly mistaken. They'll get they'll get beaten by thirty, like I'm saying. They'll be get blown out of the Oracle Oracle Arena by thirty. You're right. They have to slow the game down, and they have to be more methodical and move the ball. They were playing too much of old, and I hate to say it like this, but it's not old school, but. Um, 90s basketball. I'll say it like that. How's that? You know what 90s basketball is? Isolation basketball, for the most part. Uh, yeah, one-on-ones. Um, one-on-one type of um, um, basketball. Uh, give it to the superstar. Give it to the next best, next, next best player on, on, the, uh, on the court, on the offensive side, and, and, and spread the ball out, uh, spread the, uh, the floor out, and let him do his thing. Well, recently, uh, in the last three to four years, that is uh, passe now. That's not going to work anymore. You've got you to move the ball to move the defense around in order to, to recreate shots, whether they're layups or open three-point shots or ju- regular two-point jump shots, as illustrated when Golden State won, as illustrated when Cleveland played San Antonio and gave them a clinic on moving the, fo- moving the basketball. 
And and Golden State did the same thing last year, and Golden State's doing the same thing this year with a different coach that Cleveland has. You're going to have to be able to move the ball, to move the defense, to be, create create shots, open shots or, or better shots than um, having five defensive guys look at one guy dribble the basketball and then um, be able to defend that one guy with the ball better than if they, he moved the ball around. Cleveland doesn't come to, to a realization that they, that's what they have to do, and LeBron is going to have to distribute the ball, which, which he does, I have to admit, willingly. They'll have absolutely no shot in this um, in the finals. And it, 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 if you watch the game, one of the um, times the camera panned to LeBron James, he looked like he was completely lost. I don't know if you watched the game at all, Victor. Um, but they, they panned on it a couple times um, after it happened. LeBron James sitting on the bench uh, with a look of bewilderment, with his hands up in the air like uh, like he didn't know what to do or, you know, he couldn't believe what was happening because he had no, he had no answer for it. That's how Golden State did him last year. And now with a full squad with all these naysayers because they said, well, Golden State got lucky because they didn't have Kyrie. They didn't have Kevin Love. Well, they had Kyrie. Kyrie scored. I think he was, he was a high scorer for um, Cleveland. Kevin Love chipped in with 17 points. LeBron James had 20-something points himself. And they still got beat by 15 points. By their bench. Yeah. By their bench. 45 well, to 10, outscored the bench. Well, Jerry, I, I, I'll say this, that a lot of people thought it was blotched. There was the issue with Cleveland last year and at no. the beginning of this year. So he got fired and Tyron Lue stepped in. Um, I'm going to tell you, I think that Cleveland maybe got maybe five games more with Tyrone or Tyron Lou as their head coach, and they did with Blotch. However, in the playoffs, I think the same result would have happened. I'm just going to, I'm going to be honest, because the East is very weak. But, you know, now you're facing the defending champions. And I, I, I will venture to say this. Had Cleveland had to face either Golden State, uh, San Antonio, or Oklahoma City, or maybe even Portland, prior to the NBA Finals, they wouldn't be there. And you know that's the way the system's going to in a couple, I think next year or year after next, how the NBA is setting up its playoffs. It's going to be the overall number one seed versus the 16, so on and so forth. So I'm just going to be 100. As, as Deborah said, I'm keeping it 100. When that system goes into play, I don't think Cleveland, this Cleveland Cavalier team would have or could make it to the NBA Finals. Um, what I see is three all-stars that are extremely gifted. I see um, a bench that's old and inconsistent. J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert, I guess the six and seven man coming off the bench. Iman Shumpert doesn't come off uh, to play significant minutes, but he's their best three-point shooter next to Jr. So when Jr. is off, when Jr. is having a bad day, 
you can tell he's not going to hit more than maybe two or three three pointers. His defense is okay. It's not that good. Iman Shepard has good defense, but his shooting is inconsistent. You know, um, Timothy Mozgov doesn't get that much playing time anymore. I don't know why, but I think that's going to change. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say it's going to end in five. Five. But if there, if if game five. two, okay, JT, if game two is anything like game one with the same result. It might end in four, but I'm I'm giving him benefit of the doubt and give him one game. I yeah, I can see that, but I, I believe Golden State's going to hold uh, home court on this uh, in this series. I think they are. The thing is, can Cleveland, you know, hold home court? If they do, then you know it'll be a six-game series. I think it might be done in six. But I think if Golden State wins this one, it's going to be tough for Cleveland to beat them back-to-back, even though it's in Cleveland. I don't care where it is. I think it's going to be tough for them to do it. Um, but with that being said, we got eight minutes left to live there. Uh, we can kick it for a few if you want to um, and talk about a little baseball or uh, what you've seen in the world of the NFL. Uh, because I'll be honest with you, dude, NFL – uh, insider and all that comes on at like four o'clock in the morning during the week here, and I'm not up, and I can't watch it, so I haven't been able to see or uh, hear about the latest and greatest uh, that's going on in the NFL. I last thing I heard and I didn't see was that Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick, I should say, still hasn't shown up to the Jets camp, and uh, nope. G- no contract. Smith has been looking better. Yeah. So, I mean, talk to me. Tell me what's going on with, with, with the world of the NFL real quick. Well, there's really not too much going on. I mean, you know, Bradford is supposedly looking better than um, um, in the OTAs. And, and, and Wentz is supposed to be grabbing the OTA pretty well. I mean, grabbing the offense pretty well. Um, uh Fitzpatrick has a sign. I think they they offered him a one one year contract for twelve million. I think he's looking for something, uh, uh, and then two other uh, years for backup money. And I guess he wants to quite naturally get get a little bit more sweetened in the back end. Or he's saying that he'll take the one year the twelve million. Um, and quite naturally, they want to be able to hold um, to hold on to him um, past this year. Uh, with backup money versus uh, playing them like a, a starter, uh, a low end starter money. Um, so we'll, that's an ongoing saga, um, and you just have to wait and see how that pans out. Uh, supposedly, um, 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 golf is is uh, progressing pretty well, uh, and uh, they're liking what they're seeing. Uh, I'm trying to think who else has gotten gotten hurt. Did anybody get hurt? No, no one got hurt. Um, a couple guys, minor surgery, no big deal. Um, they should be back by the time of the regular season uh, or training camp, I should say. 
And, uh, and, and let me see if about anything else in the NFL that I'm talking about. Uh, not that I can think of. I'm trying to think of anything that I can think of that would be uh, newsworthy. This is pretty much a um, a low um, news news portion of the NFL season. Uh, things don't start really kicking up until uh, training camp starts, really, unless there's a major injury. Um, a couple guys, like I said, have gotten are getting surgery, whatever, and maybe 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 not ready by the regular season, um, but. Until uh, training camp really starts gearing up, there's really no major um, NFL news uh, unless somebody creates it from now until the uh, training camp, meaning some knucklehead on whatever team decides to do something stupid, especially, you know, uh, if they're not in a structured environment, and I hate to knock football players like this, but a lot of them fall into it, and you know that. Um, they're not in a, to a structured environment meaning OTAs or, or mini camps or something like that, or training camp or a regular season, meaning um, once these OTAs are over, then it, their time is their own for mo- the most part until training camp. Uh, then you'll start seeing the police blotter or in the news or TMZ about players doing um, some crazy things or getting into some type of legal problems um, because that happens every year and it's not going to change. Uh, just a matter of the names don't change. The names change, but the actions of the players uh, in, in general don't. Yeah, I know. Hopefully we don't have too many big issues going on and uh, we'll have a life of freedom from bad actions during the um, the summertime as we prepare to do our uh, breakdown next week. We had to push it off week because Deborah came on. But next week, we're going to break down the AFC, AFC South. South. AFC South, baby. Trust me, people. AFC South. That's high, highly competitive uh, uh, division. Once once considered the, the, one of the worst divisions in football, next week, if he doesn't, I will break it down how it's going to be the one of the most competitive divisions in football. I agree with you. I, I, our forecast agrees with you. Um, based upon the talent that has moved into the division and the belief that Andrew Luck is not going to have the same type of year as he did last year, I, I really believe that the AFC South is going to become one of the more competitive divisions in the NFL. I just give you a preview. Blake Bortles, Marcus Mariota, Brock Osweiler, Andrew Luck. That's all I'm saying. That doesn't breed a lot of confidence, honestly. I'm going to tell you like that. But I'll say Broidles and out of those four, out of those four, Broidles and Luck, to me, are two very young guns. I like Osweiler. Up-and-coming young quarterbacks. Up-and-coming young quarterbacks, young guns in there. Uh, with 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 a lot of talent, if you notice what these teams are bringing, they got a lot of talent. Uh, whether it's new talent on a team or the talent's getting better, um, that's established on a team. Just look at just uh, that's why I just said those quarterbacks because 
Um, tell me what young quarterbacks in a, in any of the divisions are, are like the the AFC uh, South. Just think about that. Okay. <laughs> just think. Of, just will, think about I, that. I will. I will. And we're going to talk about it beginning next week. So, with that being said, what you got going on in the master plan tomorrow? Uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, um, fantasy baseball. So, if you want to jump in, you oh, can. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking that. about some fan- fantasy baseball. <laughs> how how, how uh, are you doing there, Jerry? How are you doing there? <laughs> we're going to be talking about some fantasy, fantasy baseball every 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 uh, Sunday, uh, every week. Uh, if I'm involved in a fantasy team, whether it's baseball or football, I give my viewers, not viewers, but I give my listeners, if you're listening, um, a update on my team and how I uh, uh, feel about the upcoming week and players that I think uh, are going to um, do well. So we're going to be talking about fantasy baseball and more, maybe more a little bit about uh, Muhammad Ali also. Um, Because you got to just look at the people. Look at the people, celebrities that have uh, passed away since the beginning of the year. Just think about that. Yeah, yeah, rough, dude. Yeah, rough. I'm not talking about a year ago. I'm talking about since since January one up until this point. Just look. And see the people that have passed away. The influential people. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and whatever, whatever, um, um, whether it's in the sports or entertainment industry, just think about the people that have passed away since January one of this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down the list. I'm gonna gather as much as I can about that, and I'm gonna gather the list and talk about that tomorrow also. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's happening at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. It's called The Master Plan, and the master will be in the building doing what he does all day, every day, being my right hand and uh, cleaning up any little mess that I create. Uh, With that being said, I want to thank you again. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Matter of fact, you need to go get the last bit of mail at the mailbox because I'm ending that relationship. So, oh, you are you? Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I've been getting, all I've been getting is junk mail. So I, I, would, I would tell you if I was getting anything important. So. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get out of here. So um, we appreciate hey, post you guys the, listening. Po, po, post the updates, man. I am. I am. I've been really busy, but I'm going to post mm-hmm. the updates of uh, how I'm winning these stolen bases. I'm going to take the lead in home runs. I got a you long way to go for, for strikeouts. You, you, you're not taking the lead in the home runs, and I'm closing the, closing the gap in, 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 in the strikeouts, too. So you can, you can forget all that. We'll see. I'm uh, closing the gap in strikeouts, and I'm leading home runs still, so. No one's going to beat me in home runs. If I don't win anything else, I'm winning home runs. We'll see about that. Mm-hmm. All right, time to get out of here, JT. All right, I'll man. check you later, brother, man. Appreciate have, you. And thank have, you, Deborah King, for coming one, on people. the show. Absolutely. 
Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so does this. Fantasy, sports, and politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got your little views, you know I got mine. But there's like 50 yeah. other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy, sports, and politics. 